Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Mediascope Brief. My name is Tachi. I talk all about media, tech, and pop culture news here and on several other platforms, which I'll talk about later. It's been a minute since I've been on just because I've been so busy with other stuff, but let's get to it. Kevin Hart is in consideration to host the 2019 Oscars as the Academy and ABC near a decision. Now, this has not happened before. It's already December and the Academy has not named a host for next year's Academy Awards. And it's just going to happen in two months, February 24th. Usually by this time, they have a name. So according to Deadline Hollywood, Kevin Hart is being considered for the job and could take over the MC duties. He's a very popular comedian and he's been very open about his desire to host this show. And asked on the red carpet at the Oscars in 2016 whether hosting the Academy Awards was on his bucket list, Hart said, of course it is, but it will happen when it's supposed to. At that same ceremony, hosted by Chris Rock, Hart showed a different side with an improvised speech supporting Hollywood diversity while presenting, which was one of the highlights of the ceremony according to Deadline. So he's coming off of another successful feature comedy with Night School. He starred in several hit franchises, including Ride Along and Jumanji. And the Academy earlier this fall named Donna uh, Gilotti as producer and live TV award show veteran director Glenn Weiss as co-producer. So they're looking to shake things up and we'll see what happens, whether or not this um, flies. The last two years, as you know, it's been hosted by Jimmy Kimmel, who said he would not go for a three-peat as hosting the Academy Awards is a demanding job and it takes a lot of time and energy. Sure does, because you need to be funny and engaging. And so for that reason, and because of Hart's busy schedule, Logistics have yet to be worked out for the actor-comedian to be able to check the Oscars off of his bucket list. So let me know. Do you think Kevin Hart is a good choice to host this year's Oscars? Do you have another choice, or actually next year's Oscars? Do you have another choice in mind? Or do you not just bloody care? Either way, leave me a message. I'd love to hear from you. You could do it here on Anchor, but you can also tweet at me, at Tatiana, and let me know what you think. Who should host the 2019 Oscars? I'll be back in a few with media tech and pop culture news. Cheers. everyone welcome back let's turn to a little bit of tech news now you know that sometimes becoming a world famous youtuber or most of the time becoming a world famous youtuber has been a little bit elusive for most of us however there is a seven-year-old kid who is currently the highest paid youtuber that's right. His channel raking in at an estimated 22 million in the space of just 12 months. And this boy is seven. He's actually been ranked by Forbes as the world's top earning YouTuber. Now the channel is called Ryan Toys Review and it does what it says there that he showed Ryan and his mom and dad actually have fun with toys and games from a slew of different makers with a few entertaining challenges thrown in for good measure. Ryan Toys Reviews launched in 2015 and in the space of just three years it's attracted more than 17 million subscribers. They have a growing library of videos that have been so far viewed by nearly 26, well actually 20 6 billion times. So Forbes estimates that Ryan's channel generated 22 million in the 12 months 
uh, to June 2018, with about 21 million coming from pre-roll ads, and the remaining 1 million, the result of sponsored posts that peppered the channel. Videos are posted on most days. Each one that runs, it runs for a lot, about five to 10 minutes, and some can be as long as half an hour. Interesting. So the people viewing and viewing figures very widely, but of the last 10 videos, according to Digital Trends, seven have received more than a million views with Pac-Man in real life meets Ryan currently leading the pack with 3.2 million plays. So once Ryan offers his opinion on each of the toys, the family says it donates most of them to charity and presumably Digital Trends says he keeps the best ones, uh, presumably. So um, in a recent NBC interview, they asked him why he thought his channel had become so popular and he said I'm entertaining and I'm funny I guess that all it that's all it takes somewhere I'm missing something because my YouTube channel is a YouTube channel is abysmal <laughs> so there's money to be made via deals with companies that want to plaster pictures of Ryan's face across the boxes of their latest toys and games as well so in the summer just gone for example Walmart became the exclusive seller of a bunch of branded toys and apparel called Ryan's World. And more deals like this are being inked all the time. In October, it was revealed that the content from Ryan's channel will be repackaged for shows on both Hulu and Amazon. Do I like toys that much that I can do? No. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> this is really interesting. I it, This is food for thought for those of us that are trying to make money from YouTube. What do you think? I'm, I'm so glad that he's making this. So this will be his college fund, his starting business fund, whatever he wants to fund. So this is uh, pretty good. Seven years old and already a millionaire. Let me know what you think. Are you a YouTuber? Have you monetized your YouTube channel at all? Are you anywhere near what Ryan is doing in terms of figures? Let me know. I'd be interested in hearing. Drop me a call. You can call into the station. You can also drop me a line on Twitter at Tatiana. I would love to hear from you. Okay, I'll be back soon with more media tech and pop culture news. Welcome back. Turning our sights now to some streaming news. You know, there are so many streaming platforms now from Hulu on down that people may think that Netflix may be a little bit threatened. Well, Netflix's uh, Ted Sarandos to new streaming competitors, bring it on. So Sarandos is the chief content officer and he knows that big players like Walt Disney Company and Warner Media are coming after his business, but they're not worried about it. So they said, or he said he saw it coming seven years ago when they began aggressively pursuing original programming of their own instead of depending solely on acquisitions from the TV and movie production studios. He says we needed to wean ourselves from dependence on program suppliers. He said this Monday at the UBS Global Media and Communications Conference in New York. So Randall's also said that Netflix fully anticipated competitors would enter the streaming media arena and expect some of them to be successful. But he is comfortable with the company making major bets on its programs and films. We're much better off deciding our own destiny, he says, and making our own choices with the consumer in mind than with a bunch of competitors. The company has heavily invested in original content to the degree that it was satirized on Saturday Night Live this past weekend. 
Sarandos chuckled when the sketch was mentioned. And as for Disney and Warner Media, he said content from the studios is not likely to disappear completely from Netflix once they get their own streaming services up and running. Both Disney and Warner Media are set to launch their streaming entities next year in 2019. The deals Netflix makes for programs typically run for the life of the series, which can keep them on the service for years. The Netflix original program pipeline is now robust enough that series are being canceled, although the process of how shows are axed remains a mystery to the public. It damn sure is a mystery to me. I'm still a little bit salty about Luke Cage. Anyway, Netflix does not publicly share audience data, and we know this. But Sarandos offered a few insights on how the value of programs is assessed, saying that the quality of the audience can sometimes outweigh the quantity. He says there are some shows that people join Netflix to watch and they're really excited about. It's pretty much all they watch. That show gets a thumb on the scale. It wasn't an, um, he talks about Longmire and he said it wasn't an enormous show for them, but new subscribers really loved the show and would attribute their whole value of their subscription for that show. It brought a lot of brand love to Netflix. So Sarandos does not see any such barriers in the television industry in terms of, for example, people who are great artists, but they don't care about money. They care about their artistic vision and that he couldn't pay them enough to premiere the movie on the Netflix is if their desire was for that movie to play on 3000 screens for eight months prior to going with Netflix. And that's why they went into it. So again, he doesn't see such barriers, uh, in the television industry as streaming has offered creative flexibility as a major lure, but among filmmakers, there's still an emotional connection to the theatrical experience. So we already kind of know Netflix has this kind of love, hate, or more hate, hate relationship with exhibitors and movie theaters. So in any case, that is the news that Netflix is not scared of streaming competitors, rather saying, bring it on. Come on, Cletus. That's what they're saying. All right. I'll be back soon with more media tech and pop culture news. And finally today, let's talk a little bit about Will Ferrell. So you all know Will Ferrell from several movies and of course from Saturday Night Live fame. He is actually set to revive his Anchorman character, Ron Burgundy, in a new podcast. So it's he's bringing Ron Burgundy out of retirement, basically. iHeartRadio confirmed that the Ron Burgundy podcast is coming in early 2019 for a kickoff to kick off a two season order comprised of 12 episodes, according to Mediaite. True to form, the announcement was made by Ron Burgundy himself on the new at Burgundy podcast Twitter handle. While he made this big announcement, Burgundy ended up in a glass case of emotions when he got into a little argument with CNN's Don Lemon about a hot dog eating contest, according to Deadline Hollywood. So actor-comedian Will Ferrell will be hosting the show as Burgundy, as I mentioned, a person familiar with the podcast confirmed. Now, have you seen Anchorman? I'd be interested to know that. Are you interested in listening to a spoof of a spoof? Yeah, I guess that's what that is. Because if you think about this, it's almost like the, uh, so Will Ferrell is playing a character who is spoofing news 
on a podcast spoofing the news. Okay, that's a little convoluted, but the bottom line is, would you listen to this? Are you enough of a Ron Burgundy fan or Anchorman fan that you'd be willing to listen to this? Almost Stephen Colbert-ish, right? Because Stephen Colbert on the uh, Colbert Report played a character. So that, that, it's kind of the same thing. I'd be interested to see what it's like. I may take a listen to the podcast. Let me know if you're planning to listen to the podcast. And once it does debut and you do hear it, let me know know what you think about it. You can reach me at, at Tatiata on Twitter. Okay, cheers. I'll be back soon. Mediascope family, thanks so much for listening to this Mediascope Brief. Let me tell you where you can hear this. Besides hearing it on Anchor, it's also available available on Breaker, Google Music, or Google Play Music, Overcast, Radio Public, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and Spotify. But you know, you can listen to the full version of Mediascope every week On Wednesdays, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific, you can, first of all, we, well, let me go back. 5 p.m. Eastern Time, we are on on Instagram Live. So we do a pre-show, pre-party on Instagram Live. Then 6 p.m. Eastern Time, we are on Periscope and Facebook Live simultaneously for an hour, hour plus. How fun is that? And we're also really excited to announce this, that we recently now are partnered with WJMSRadio.com. So you can listen as well at 6 p.m. Eastern time on WJMSRadio.com. So say maybe you're driving and you can't watch. Guess what? You can listen to us, WJMSRadio.com. So thank you once again, Jamie Bowles and the whole crew at WJMSRadio.com because we are now on there. And you know what? Let me do a plug for the other podcast I do with my good friend Kevin No Malone from No Malone Radio TV channeling, which is the premier broadcast that you can listen to TV reviews and TV film and entertainment news. That's also available on all of the different podcasting apps that I mentioned. Plus, we also are on WJMS. Yes, so you can hear me twice a week, and uh, TV channeling is at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on WJMSRadio.com. Okay, now that I fumbled through all of that, I am going to sign off and let you get back to whatever it was you're doing. I really appreciate you listening, and I'll be back soon with more media, tech, and pop culture news from Mediascope. Cheers. <laughs>